Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 49 for Monday, July 22nd, 2019. My name is Johnny, and joining me, as always, is the internet's favourite son, Joel Duggan. Hey, Joel, how are you? I have melted. I am now Joel the Puddle. You'll <laughs> yeah. have to listen to the render distance to find out why. Yes, yes. Uh, but yes, I'm here, and I'm excited, uh, because it's Monday, it's Spawn Chunks, day and uh boy do we have a lot to talk about we do we really do uh let's start off by talking about what's new in our minecraft lives i suspect this will probably tie into the news a little bit because we have at long last a minecraft 114.4 release so have you had a chance to get into it and does it make you throw up uh you stole you stole my punchline no (laughs) i'm sorry uh (laughs) uh, i did not barf all weekend so yay uh no i uh i had cleared it actually with my server mates on friday uh because at that point friday morning for me i had not received any news or seen anything about 14.4 being released and i really wanted to get back in and play we had like a rainy day that was supposed to happen on sunday and i thought okay what a perfect day to be inside relaxing maybe even stream all day uh, it didn't end up happening quite that way, but um, I wanted to update to at least pre-release 7, if not 14.4 before the weekend, because uh, I had tried pre-release 7 on my own, and some of the uh, game-breaking bugs for me as a Mac Java player had been fixed, and I was quite happy with that. So uh, I I ended up uh, playing on my own this weekend. I had to have the AC on in the studio, which means that it was just too loud to stream. But uh, I did a bunch of uh, testing, really, because I didn't... It's funny, and you might be able to to comment to this, um, because when I stream now, and a lot of what I do is when I stream, I'm recording videos for YouTube as well, I don't really do a lot of content in the world on my own. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily just log into Minecraft and build. If I want to log into Minecraft and play for an hour and a half before I go to bed or just kind of relax on a Saturday afternoon... I do grindy stuff. Like I do, I, I look at my shulker boxes and go, oh crap, I'm out of sand or I need more gravel. Or uh, the last time I streamed and I went to go make some concrete, I had like no ink sacks on me or something like that. So I run around and I do that kind of thing. Uh, and one of the projects that we have going on uh, kind of long-term is slabbing the nether because I don't know why. Uh, we've, we, we've, it's a lot of work. Um, we built a gold farm in the nether, not on the roof. And so there's a certain radius outside of the giant lava lake that needs to be spawn-proofed. And I needed to move some netherrack around and I needed to lay a bunch of nether brick slabs, which was a very good test of the screen strobing and and um, screen tearing issues that I was having because I noticed it the most in very samey textures. So being in netherrack, which is notoriously... Um, kind of awful on the eyes even with the new texture which i do quite like it's still no not noisy but it's still it's designed not most, it's not the most pleasant thing to look at like it's meant no to it's be... and it's designed to make you feel kind of like lost right yeah. like you're not you, it's meant to make you feel like which way is which again yeah it, so it basically erases landmarks for want of a better yes uh, yeah. yeah so yeah. i spent i spent a good couple of hours yesterday on and off just kind of like blitzing through and slabbing a bunch of, of stuff in the nether and um and i was quite impressed i'm i'm really i'm i'm happy that the that the the fixes are in um i did end up switching and, and loading up optifine we'll get to that in the news there's a pre-release for optifine and um, as I mentioned to you in, in I, th- I think, even the pre-show, it might have been Render Distance, I can't remember, uh, I might even think that 14.4 on its own is currently snappier than than Optifine. I mean, Optifine is going to give you shaders and more control over your settings if you're on an older yeah. machine, so yeah. that, that might be more important. But for me, on a machine that can handle kind of it either way, I run Optifine for quality of life things as opposed to, as opposed to like, needing it for performance. Yeah, yeah, same um, here. It's all about shaders and being able to zoom on stuff zoom like, yeah for for videos and 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 well even i find even zoom just kind of useful as a builder you just kind of like what does that look like you know and you want to back up but then you want to see what the details are and things mm-hmm. like that um but anyway i i i was impressed i had a, i had a good time kind of bopping around with um and and i have to confess as much as i do like streaming uh i and i reserve building real content for when i'm streaming i i also did enjoy the freedom of not having to like watch a chat room and stuff i could just kind of like do some not necessarily boring things that i find satisfying like this this entire surface of of netherrack needed covering and i said i did that i i made sure i finished that particular chunk so i didn't lose my place uh not a chunk in minecraft but a chunk of land in the nether yeah. and um so yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing now that a lot of this kind of stuff is fixed and a lot of these farms have been 
um, tweaked to the point where they're probably probably not going to be tweaked anymore. Um, I'm looking forward to all the kinds, all the fun new stuff that we can do now in in, in 14.4. You'll have. Uh, what about me, you? You'll have to let me know how well the gold farm is performing because I know there were some changes to that and I didn't keep track of where all of that ended up. But I'm getting very close to the point where I need to build myself one of those big old mm. donut gold farms. So yeah, I will I will keep an eye on that uh, in this week. But uh, for the rest of last week, I started my end hub, which is a lot of fun so far. I'm planning on making it into a giant spaceport. Uh, so I've built a ring around all of the end gateways, and I'm now in the process of breaking all of the bedrock blocks on the top halves of the gateways. So that instead of having to throw an ender pearl or use a trapdoor or water or whatever kind of crouching mechanics that we have now to get into the um, the, the gateways, I just walk into them. And that's, that's fun. I really like that. The, the way I plan to do it, because I want to make it into a spaceport and I want each of the gateways to effectively have like a a different design of spaceship above it as if you just walk into like a teleporter and it teleports you onto the ship but you're actually at the destination so you end up kind of coming through the portal on the opposite side and you're you're in whatever the ship is that is hovering above it in the central mm -hmm. ring but then when you disembark from the ship you are actually out at the outer islands is my concept for it but i like the idea of having these things that i can just walk into what that means is, so far, I've done 10 of the gateways. That's breaking 60 blocks of bedrock individually using one of those complicated processes whereby you effectively force a piston to retract into a space it's not meant to retract to, and that deletes the bedrock block underneath it. It's a really weird process, and I did a video on it, and I'm pretty sure Logical Geek Boy and Methods have done an episode about breaking bedrock on their uh, Dissecting Minecraft series, if anybody wants to go and check that out, because that's probably a lot more informative than I was in my video, which was just about how to do it, not necessarily why it works. Um, mm. So that's been a laborious thing to do. It's probably taken me, I would say, like, I've done 60 of these blocks so far. I've done 10 gateways. It has probably taken me about six or seven hours to get that far. I've done it all on streams, aside from the one I did on a video. Uh, simply because it's a repetitive task that I can also like keep track of talking to people on stream and stuff, and loads of people have come up to have come into my stream and say, "Why aren't you just like putting a trapdoor onto this and and crawling in and like there's there's so many different ways of doing this now?" And I'm like, it's not so much that I don't like that I don't realize there are other ways of doing this. It's just it's something I've not really seen before. Everybody mm -hmm. breaks bedrock on top of the nether to get onto the roof and do all of the kind of fairly exploitative stuff you can do up there. Nobody breaks bedrock for aesthetic purposes, typically. Uh, unless you're on the Psycraft server, of course, but those guys are an exception in pretty much every way. <laughs> so yeah. I, I kind of, I, I like the fact that I can do something a little bit different now with this. And yeah, I don't think I have a way of destroying the bedrock like underneath the portal. So right now they're just like, still nested in these little cradles of, of bedrock which i don't think i'll be removing but it's it's a lot of fun and it's it's fun to effectively yeah br break a, a piece of bedrock that otherwise you, the game effectively dictates that you can't do that and i'm like well this is a sandbox i'm gonna do what i want <laughs> um, yeah so i've been doing a lot of that i built a concrete maker the other day as well that was the first kind of automatic uh machine to turn concrete powder into concrete and then break it using tnt so I, I was going to ask if you're going to use the TNT method. Yeah. Yeah, I managed to. I managed to put one of those together. Uh, it only blew up once in the process of making it, so I call that a win. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and now I'm farming iron because of 114.4. I actually managed to put together a permanent iron farm based on Doc M77's uh, design. Uh, I know Nembon has a very good video out about that as well, which we'll probably talk about a little later on. But uh, yeah, right now I am in the process of adding a couple of modules to that as far as additional villagers and stuff goes additional zombies because now the villagers are most productive when it comes to iron golems when they get scared by zombies and so uh yeah I'm, I'm adding to that and then the task then is disguising the farm in a way that doesn't mean the golems end up spawning somewhere else because there are very specific spawning platforms for them to appear on and if you put blocks too close to the villagers, then there's a chance that the golems can spawn on those. So I'm trying to figure out what the radius is, which is something I'm going to have to come back to Nembon's video for, in order to build something around the perimeter of this farm that isn't going to just kill the productivity of the farm. So mm. so that's, that's my task. Aside from that, 
It's been a year since the update Aquatic, so it's been one year of the Minecraft Survival Guide now, and I expect a lot of other servers, like Hermitcraft, I know just celebrated the, the one-year anniversary of their Season 6. I expect a lot of people who started in 1.13 Java and have now, like, updated and haven't, like, reset their world or anything are probably celebrating one-year anniversaries for their things as well. So, uh, yeah, anybody who's out there who's uh, who started their world in 1.13, congrats. It's It's been a year. It has been a year. Yeah, that's cool. Actually, I I won't go to my YouTube channel because stuff autoplays and it'll end up on the recording. But I, I'm trying to remember when my very first Minecraft Let's Play came out. Because that's what I did. I updated to 1.13 and then went around and finished, fixed a bunch of stuff that had broken Yeah. Uh, as my first task. So that's I'll have to look that up to see if I'm on a, I'm at a year as well. Uh, I caught I caught some of the streaming this weekend. Some of the, the Hermits were doing like a one-year anniversary stream thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is always really cool. It's it's kind of hard to believe that 1.13 was a full year ago. Yeah. We, we've, been, we've been talking 1.14 snapshots for a really long time. Uh, yeah. and 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 even more so in the last few weeks as 14 and beyond have been receiving many 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 iterations uh, leading up to their releases almost weekly mm -hmm. um so um so yeah it, it's funny how that kind of stuff just kind of goes like far down the line uh question about your concrete maker are you are you filling it manually or are you using a tnt duplicator Oh, um, I'm filling it manually for now. And it, it's funny, a lot of people immediately came into the comments and said, why aren't you using the zero tick piston version? And why aren't you using TNT duplicators? And mainly because I was also demonstrating a couple of other ways of farming concrete, just the kind of, uh, you know, dispenser, you know, Standard, refueling yeah. you kind of thing. And uh, it was just because I didn't want to overcomplicate it for people who just wanted a quick and easy concrete maker design without all of the extra bells and whistles. Um, and it's the kind of stuff that with a, a duplicator, I will probably dedicate an entire episode to those at some point further down the line. So mm. I, I didn't feel like just tacking it onto the end of this existing video. Yeah, but, complicated um, stuff. I, yeah. I've got a couple of those simple, really simple, like downward flowing water, a couple of hoppers. I don't even have a dis I don't even have a dispenser refilling my inventory with concrete powder. I just click on it and use it, you know, mm -hmm. just use a hotkey. Yeah. Uh, but I've had a number of people in in uh, in my chat on Twitch comment about it and say like, "Wow, that's that's actually really cool." I didn't realize that um, I didn't realize that it would like th this would be that useful because a, a lot of people just end up um, the, a majority of players that are like survival and maybe not that technical they just go find a corner in a lake you know and do yeah. it that way, which yeah. is not not ideal, right? Um, but speaking of the concrete. Um, the concrete makers, the simple ones specifically. I figured this out in a stream a while ago, and I don't remember if I've mentioned this on the show, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. But doing the exact same thing with you know a sign and a log and some hoppers with coal and with uh, quartz and your Fortune 3 pick mm -hmm. is so much better than pillaring up yeah yeah or, or laying it or all down in like a line a large, a large block of it like i do yeah. yeah yeah and then mining it down i mean it's not as showy like it's cooler on a video of course to make a giant thing yeah um and 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 blitz through it but my gosh when you want quartz in a hurry and you're like oh God, i've already mined this now i have to lay it down and then mine it again uh just doing the same like uh offhand method for concrete to to mine quartz brilliant i can't believe it's taking me two and a half years to figure that out <laughs> yeah yeah it's one of those things where you're just like you know if i was streaming at the time you would have been able to hear the audio of my hand smacking my forehead like <laughs> yeah, son yeah. of a gun you know like what is going on uh and there was one other question i wanted to ask about your space hub uh yeah. out of curiosity are you going to duplicate the ship design in the outer end islands so that it feels as though you've taken the ship to your yeah, destination that, that's that's the plan yeah what, what i what i have planned is a few different approaches to it actually in in some cases i want to duplicate the ship design and have the player basically appear in it i think that might even be what i end up doing with the ender ender as long as i can manage to spawn proof all of the blocks that make up the ship which might be kind of difficult but i did want to yeah. you know safety your safety first kind of like build a, a platform out there that meant that i wasn't just spawning on some leaves and with a massive drop into the void below me yeah uh, so yeah I, I plan on i plan on doing something about that 
uh, as long as I can get the design right. But I have a few approaches I want to try, one of which is that you end up in the the same kind of like scenario as you would if it was no a normal end gateway. You just kind of get dropped off on the island, but then if you look up, you can see the same design of ship like speeding away from you as if it's like returning to the central hub and it's just left you uh, a kind of drop pod sort of nice. situation. I, I kind of want to try some stuff like that just to see where it ends up and, and see how consistent some of the spawn locations are when you go through those gateways and stuff like that because it always feels like you're being dropped down on the same piece of endstone but are you really yeah i'm, I'm not certain about that so no yeah. no and i that was another question that i had is that i have um i have a few end gateways on the citadel and one of them i've recently kind of uh, it's the one that we most frequent because it's the one that's the most protected so it's the easiest to get to uh has like the widest walkways that kind of thing and i recently um replaced the ladder with like a drop and a water elevator mm -hmm. i love that you can use water in the end i really yeah. miss it in the nether <laughs> yeah yeah um with the bubble vaders and stuff um but when i come back through so when i'm and in, in the outer rim uh and i come back in i am always thrown dangerously off to the side of this thing and it doesn't yeah. seem to matter how big i make the platform i'm always on the edge of it yes and i and I'm wondering if it's because I've made the platform too close to the portal and the and the and the um uh the stone blocks like the what am I looking for the bedrock the bedrock blocks and that it's it's trying to put me where there's currently a block and then the game just kind of like spazzes out and says like oh uh you 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 go over there and it just kind of pops you out like five blocks to the side but I am nowhere near that portal like i'm not coming out a block or two in front of it i'm coming like four to five blocks out to the side of it and i'm still trying to figure out what the mechanics are it's consistently incorrect but it's 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 incorrect uh to when i remember going through it when there was nothing around it like when it was just like a ladder and a platform and stuff so um i i I need to learn more about those mechanics. Have you have you looked into them at all with what you're planning? I haven't, no. I've seen it happen, though, when I've come back through. I, I tested out a couple of the portals that I just walked into just to see, like, does this go anywhere that I feel like I've been before? Because uh, mm -hmm. there's 20 portals, and I've probably been through about five of them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I, will, I will walk through, and then I have to enderpearl back through. And, yeah, you're right. It does displace you by about five blocks to one side or the other of the gateway you've just come through. So it's quite disorienting. Oh. And, yeah. and and I've got a lot of blocks that I could potentially land on around there. It's not like it's all slabs and one solid block, but I think you could probably control it by making sure that's the only solid block in the area uh, because I've definitely come back to, you know, when you first unlocked one of the end gateways the first time it spawns in and you typically just like pillar up to it and then chuck an enderpearl through as close as you can. Mm -hmm. I definitely reappeared on the blocks that I used to pillar with because they were just the only valid block in that area that you could spawn in. So I expect you can control it that way, but it just, you know, limits your design possibilities at that point. Mm. The thing that I find interesting when you throw an enderpearl through, you generally like show up on the block where the enderpearl hits. Mm hmm right so if yeah. you're close to it and you throw the enderpearl you're only going to show up a couple blocks on the other side because there's a trajectory that i think is maintained but i don't know i i should i should look up some of the sidecraft stuff i imagine they probably you know have sorted out some really cool stuff yeah to do i i've i've flown through the end gateways a couple of times because when you're flying with a light tree you're oh, only yes. a block tall so i've done that a few times and now i've removed the bedrock from the tops of the gateways occasionally i come out the other side flying and uh, <laughs> d depending on which way it drops you when like which way you're facing when you come through the portal it can be kind of scary there was uh, at least, yeah there was at least one point when i definitely did drop off past the end island but luckily i was quick enough and had fireworks on my hotbar and my light engaged and i was like i was fine uh, but yeah it's that's it's, hilarious it's led to a couple of scary situations and heart attacks yeah. in, my, in my twitch chat sometimes okay maverick yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh well speaking of uh i guess all the different uh updates and things that are happening in the game and how we're going to learn how to exploit them uh we should probably talk about the news uh as we mentioned uh, earlier in the show minecraft 1.14.4 had a full release on friday uh, the text from the blog post at uh, minecraft.net is as today we are releasing 1.14.4, a release that addresses leftover issues from 1.14. We plan on this being the final release for 1.14 and we'll continue our efforts on 1.15. Aside from new features, 1.15 will also focus on quality and performance improvements. So it sounds like they want to improve it 
from a technical side and performance side even farther. Yeah. And not that not I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's just always a thing. Um, but but it sounds like they're saying like, uh, first, we're, we've got this really close to where we want it, but it's not it's still not quite where we want performance, uh, but yeah. it's better. Yeah. Um, I also find it interesting that as far as I can recall, this is the first time that I've seen 115 typed uh, alongside um, 114 or even mentioned, you know, in terms of uh, focusing on it. Um, it's been mostly 114 as it should be, but yeah. I find it inter interesting now that they've now kind of like said out loud. Yeah. 115 is coming. Mm -hmm. Um, because we're only what, six weeks, eight weeks away from, from Minecon. From Minecon. Mm -hmm. Is it, oh, is it Minecon live? Now. Minecon live. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's another word there that I don't remember. And I know it's not earth. Um, yes. So that, that's what's going on there. Uh, there are a number of, um, we'll say changes in the logs. They have fixed a number of bugs, performance improvements, as I mentioned, suspicious stew made from poppies now gives you night vision instead of speed. They added debug reports for getting more detailed information. Um, please include this while making bug reports about performance, uh, fixed a memory leak, removed camera pivot offset in first person, improved chunk loading when traveling at high speed, fixed incorrect pillager texture, Reload and Force Reload are now available to game masters. Uh, I'm actually, I didn't look into the different roles that they have, um, but I found that very interesting because I, with running a server, it'd be kind of cool to give some of my, you know, more trusted friends that are on the server some extra admin duties so it's not yeah. all on me. I thought that was really cool. Uh, function permission levels are now setting at server.properties that controls which commands functions uh, have access to, which is cool. Villagers now stock more items. Villagers now remembered their gossip after becoming a zombie villager. Improved performance of villager pathfinding. Villagers can now work without also restocking at the same time. I'm noticing a trend here. Uh, villagers gossip about players who converted a zombie villager will now last longer. The player activity button on the realm screen has been removed. Villagers now wait with restocking until they have trades they need restocking. Villager, village sieges no longer occur on mushroom islands. That's good to know. Mobs will no longer try to pathfind their way through bamboo and pinged the human. I don't know what that one means. Yeah, I have, I have no idea what that last thing means either. It seems a little, a little bit cryptic. It's... Yeah, not that they're, some of them are very worded very strangely, but, um, but the rest of the bugs are all listed on minecraft.net. Uh, I've picked out a handful here that we can talk about, but that's the rundown. A lot of the changes are going to sound familiar because we have talked about them in the snapshots in the recent weeks. So I didn't really want to repeat uh, a lot of the bullets we've already talked about. So I tried to grab ones that we either haven't talked about much or didn't talk about at all or happen to be new. Um, but in terms of all of these kind of performance things, I know that you've had some time in 114, obviously, uh, both with your personal um, survival guide world and uh, your Patreon server. Uh, mm -hmm. So how how are things shaping up? I mean, are things different as they say they are different uh, as according to the change log? As far as like changes that they've made, yeah, I think so. I haven't really had much feedback from the folks on my Patreon server about how server performance is, and I run a single-player world pretty much exclusively now, so I don't know all that much about it. Like, it, I, I, I'm taking the stance that no news is good news at this stage, and if, if they're not complaining about server performance being worse, I presume it's as good, if not better. Um, it's good that Mojang has highlighted that they plan on continuing to improve performance because that's been the major critique from the technical community, thinking about recent Il Mango videos as an example here, um, mm -hmm. that, that lag and stuff has just gotten worse and worse through 1.13 and 1.14, and they kind of want to bring it back in line with the standard that the technical community now expects. And the fact that they're acknowledging that verbally at the top of the post in very plain language is refreshing, shall we say. Um, yes. So, yeah, no, I, th I think... For the most part, it's been good for me so far, and as far as the changes to villager stuff, I have definitely noticed more like work noise happening from those workstations. I did not realize, actually, I didn't read the changelog in its entirety when I updated. I didn't realize that they've removed, like, they've separated out what villagers working is and villagers restocking their trades, because I presume they still only restock a couple of times a day, but now they only do that when they have trades that need restocking, and now you can't rely on the sound of them working to assume, okay, they've now restocked their trades. So ah. that might be a good and a bad thing. Personally, I think it's it's good that they can work throughout the day and that they are working at, at times other than just like this fixed, like 
amount of game ticks and this other fixed amount of game ticks, which is what it was before. I think it was like 3,000 and 9,000 ticks was when they would work. Um, yep. And that allows iron farms to be better because that means when you currently have this setup where the three villagers are in a cell being scared by a zombie, any chance they can get to work, they will, rather than having to guarantee that they can work at certain times of day. So that's good. That means that means that the the conditions that are required to spawn an iron golem can keep constantly refreshing in the background, which is a very positive thing for iron farms. So that's good. Obviously, as far as a casual player experience goes, if you are now used to hearing for that like rustle of paper by a lectern to hear that your librarian has restocked his mending book trade, you might not be able to rely on that so much anymore. But considering it's just a matter of playtime until that certain point, it's not going to be that big a deal for people. Um, I'm glad that zombie sieges don't take place on Mushroom Islands anymore because there are enough problems with other hostile mobs appearing on Mushroom Islands, like Phantoms, for example. I didn't need zombies there as well. Um, not that I have a village on a Mushroom Island yet, but it's a project for the future, definitely. Glad to hear Villager Pathfinding is better, but I'm not in a position where I'm relying on Villager Pathfinding right now. So I will mm -hmm. have to... Uh, jur jury's out on that one, whether it's improved or not, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm very glad villagers are now stocking more items as well. That's a huge one because now uh, trading definitely felt like you have to have multiple of the same type of villager if you want to trade a bunch of items. Um, so like you've got a stack of pumpkins, you can only trade like five or six times with a farmer before he locks up and then you've only got two opportunities each day to trade with that farmer. So you have to have multiple farmers if you want to get rid of more than a stack. And people were still relying on legacy villagers who had those kind of like longer trade cycles in order to get rid of large quantities of, of crops. Having maybe double the amount of items so they can give you more emeralds per trading session is definitely an improvement. I wish they would do that with the wandering trader. <laughs> it's the mm -hmm. main thing. The guy came by as I was building my iron farm. He had blue ice, which is probably one of the only things I will bother to trade from the wandering trader. Uh, it's those or Nautilus shells, I think, are the only trades that I find valuable. I could buy six blue ice off of him, and then he locked up. And I was like, why do you not refresh your trades? I just need mm. I need uh, some source of blue ice that isn't just tearing down every iceberg that I see. Oh, anyway. my goodness. I, so, <laughs> fun, funny, funny side story. It's very short. Uh, on my personal Discord, somebody shared an image of uh, them on an iceberg, mining an iceberg. And up swims the wandering trader with two floating llamas. <laughs> and without fail, the next comment was, I bet he has an ice trade. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, he's so useful. Have you, heard of, have you heard about this stuff that you're currently standing on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, just, I mean, chances are that iceberg biome was next to a jungle anyway, because like nothing like that makes sense in, yeah, no, totally, in Minecraft. But, totally. but it's pretty, pretty, pretty funny. I like, um, I like the idea of him turning up with two llamas in like inner tubes, just like the giant tire kind of size things. <laughs> Like he's just yeah. he's flo he's floating the river. Is what he's Wave doing. riders. It'd be awesome if the llamas could like dog paddle at speed, and he was like uh, uh, water skiing behind the llamas. <laughs> that That's would... what we need. Yes. We don't need ice boats. We need we need a he's mob like he's... propelled. He's wakeboarding. Uh, uh, yeah, wakeboarding. Yeah. yeah, That's what we need. So oh, good. that'd be great. Um, well, for me, the biggest bugs, of course, that I noticed uh, were related to servers and uh, Mac. And it was really kind of cool to see not one, not two, but three uh, bugs all relating to my particular situation uh, being fixed. The rolling stutter, uh, shutter issue on Mac OS since 1.14.3 pre-release 2 has been resolved. It was supposed to be resolved in pre-release 6 and it didn't seem to be, but in 7 it seemed to hit a sweet spot. Mm -hmm. uh, that seems to be sorted out. A high idle CPU usage on server edition uh, was also a problem. Uh, we also had uh, Java using 100 to 200% of the CPU on macOS. Also not a great thing. That has been fixed. Uh, from what I can tell, I, I don't ever remember checking like my cpu usage when i was yeah. playing minecraft but, but i feel i will know more when i stream next because i feel like obs is quite heavy on the processor so if, yeah. if i'm noticing a better performance on my mac uh when streaming then that would indicate that java is using less of the of the yeah, cpu if you, I would if you think. hear the if you hear the fans spinning up a bit less and that kind of yes thing, yeah, yeah totally. precisely um the uh one of the other bugs that i was that was fixed but in the snapshots but doesn't seem to be anymore for me personally uh when closing the menu while moving the mouse 
the screen will move in that direction. This is not fixed for me. I was unloading and loading a lot of shulker boxes over the weekend. And every once in a while, I would be shot off in one direction or another when I exited that inventory, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to where you were facing when you went in. And so that that is still there. Um, other than that, really everything else has been, has been pretty straightforward. A uh, villager demanding values constantly increasing and decreasing indefinitely has been fixed. Uh, that addresses something that I mentioned on the show one or two weeks ago, I think, with regards to the new villager trades and the combination of like using a, a zombie villager and gossip and the larger amount of villager inventory, making trading very different than it was in 113, but in my opinion, a little OP. And yeah. this this could have been bad for you if it was increasing indefinitely, but it could have been also very good for you if everything was one emerald. Yeah. You know, like for, for all these kind of things. Um, so that that could be um, maybe a little bit better of a, a better of a balance now. A, a good balance, um, yeah. There's mm -hmm. there's one actual thing that hasn't been noted here because it's not a bug fix. It's a reintroduced bug. Um, ghost blocks are back. I, yes, I, and I and I noticed I, that uh, also glitching through glass and boats is back too. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I imagine the two of those are linked, and I'm not sure what exactly. Maybe it was the um, the fix for the blocks when you broke them reappearing and like nudging the, players the, out of position and stuff. Yeah, um, the pillar. What what that was? That was specifically a server bug, apparently, and essentially the server couldn't keep up with the client. And yeah. so it would think that there was still a block there, but then you were there, so you would get pushed off your pillar, you know, going down, and you'd you'd fall. Yeah, and, I, um, I have yeah, a I'm feeling that mm -hmm. fix has probably reintroduced the ghost block bug, and that was that was brought to my attention on a stream, and it wasn't like something I really noticed. But today I went to go and harvest a bit more ice from my ice farm, and I definitely had that where water sources wouldn't flow into certain spots, and then I right clicked on them with my pickaxe, and sure enough, the ice blocks reappeared. So mm. yeah, hopefully that's something that can be resolved in future without reintroducing the other bug and it just being like a seesaw between those well, two things. Like if I have to choose between the two, I much prefer the 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 silly pillar bug because I I only ever ran into it once or twice and it was never mm -hmm. a big deal. Same. And once you know it happens, you just don't do it. You just don't pillar, you know, like, yeah. or you or you do it in in you prepared to potentially fall off the side. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, I think you had mentioned at some point on the show too that it 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 also would you know if you don't want to deal with it you could also just use scaffolding blocks i mean not that that's you know you don't yes. want to force the player in that kind of situation but there is a way around it you know to completely not have to deal with it i will, um, I will continue to advocate for scaffolding blocks on this show they are the business <laughs> uh, in the essence of time we will point you towards our show notes on the spawnchunks.com to find a link to notes about the new beta version of the minecraft launcher that slice limed uh posted on twitter uh, and as well as the changelog there, as well as Optifine 1.14.4 pre-release 1. And mm -hmm. that's at Optifine.net. So if you're running an older machine and you're having trouble with 14.4, Optifine is out for pre-release. So it's still maybe a little bit buggy, but uh, it is functioning. I've used it. I've tried some shaders. I did, took some screen, screenshots and stuff this weekend. So it's working yeah, I, I, I have I have good reports about that as well. I have had no issues using it in 1.14.4 at all. So hopefully a full release should be on the cards very soon. And uh, other exciting news, and I'm, I'm looking forward to talk to you about this because I think you might have a little bit more, I guess, uh, consumed than I do. But Minecraft Earth saw a lot, of, uh, a lot of footage and gameplay over the weekend. Have you seen some of it? I have seen some of it, not all of it. I know Good Times with Scar posted a video that I have not yet checked out, but I will probably after the show. Uh, we have videos from Mumbo Jumbo and Grian, who both got invited to London, along with, I believe, Dan TDM, who I'm less familiar with. Uh, but they all got to meet up with uh, with Sax, who's the guy who's been basically the project lead on Minecraft Earth, and they got the beta version of it. They got to hang around in London, playing around with it, both inside and outside, which is something that we've been asking for for a while. Is like, what does this look outside look like outside in in the real world? And mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's some some really interesting footage. Obviously, the challenge with Minecraft Earth being a mobile device exclusive thing is how do you record it? But they've done a pretty good job of explaining how stuff works and providing footage and stuff like that. So so that's pretty good. Um, Mumbo seems very enamored with it. He seems to like the, the whole idea and he's quite impressed with it, having gone in as something of a skeptic about it. Um, and Grian is pretty much the same. Um, so I recommend checking out those those videos if you guys are interested in getting a look at the the average experience. Who, who the other person I'm going to highlight here is Seth Bling because while Mumbo and Grian were very concerned with like the the demo version and obviously it was kind of happening under 
I won't say like controlled conditions, but they were there with the the, the kind of the team and, and seeing how stuff worked and getting a demo of the features. Seth Bling immediately made a redstone speedometer and was using it to like run from one side of a yard to the other and track how fast he was doing that using redstone, which is classic Seth Bling as far as I'm concerned. Like here's, let, let me immediately explore the technical possibilities of this thing. And if you guys don't know who Seth Bling is, by the way, look the man up. He's done ridiculous stuff in Minecraft and is playing around with data packs and stuff a lot more lately. But he was, um, I, I believe he was given access to some of the the um, the beta stuff and, and given a, a bunch of um, XP or something so that he could level up and acquire certain amounts of components without having to travel too far for stuff that might not be easily accessible in the game yet. Uh, but yeah, he made a redstone speedometer, he made a giant piano, and I think he also made some kind of like thing you can run around to get a workout and do wind sprints, I think was what he said. So there's, there's like, there's already some interesting demonstrations of how redstone functionality is incorporated into minecraft earth but also a much more solid look at the gameplay from folks like mumbo and green as well so i think that's it, it's it's definitely becoming more apparent what kind of experience minecraft earth is going to be for the players as opposed to just how they want minecraft earth to appear from like a, a demonstration point of view so i'm 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 liking it so far i think it's got a certain amount of promise how do you feel about it having watched i presume like you've seen mumbo's video i think you said i've watched mumbo's and i've watched scars and i got through a good chunk of seth bling's video before the podcast this morning i completely missed it i didn't know about it until i saw it in the show notes and uh, i really liked seth bling's approach like he really does a good job of explaining how it works and what the experience was like yeah um mumbo's was like you said more surface level uh scars was a lot more of a how-to less of a i got to try this early it's more of a let's learn how to play this together which i sure. thought was very useful yeah uh and something very interesting for those of you that do follow good times with scar is that when he's out in the world he's in a wheelchair and uh, uh is is uh off-roading <laughs> in his it's wicked uh i don't know what powers his wheelchair i want to say like it's the the perpetual motion like he has to push the wheel once but then it has more uh more um the motor gets energy from that or something but it's obviously uh -huh. an electric chair uh man can he move <laughs> <It's>, and <laughs> and like going up over hills and like he's in a park like he's not on a path like he's just like i'm gonna go this way just you know between the trees um because he's collecting mobs and blocks and trying to get all the things that he wants to have so that when he gets back inside he can then build what he wants um, yeah. And there seems to be a learning curve as far as the interface, uh, you know, placing blocks and stuff like that seems to be like you tap, tap at one place and it doesn't quite go where you want because of some, you know, because I mean, we all have the, I guess, obstruction of our own finger, right? And depending on the size of the screen that you're playing this on, you might want to tap on one block and the game thinks that you tapped on the one next to it. So you kind of have to go with that. Yeah. Um, but I've learned that your collect ability essentially gives you like a silk touch pickaxe so you just kind of get what you place down so yeah. if you placed stone you don't get cobblestone yeah same um, with glass you don't just like break glass break and have the glass to find yeah. it again because that that would be kind of strange in a, in a game that relies on you to walk around the world collecting resources yeah. like you have to be much more careful with your glass the way you yeah are precisely precisely now the build plates they all have different sizes uh, as you level up depending on what you've collected and how much you've collected uh, then you can unlock different size build plates. Uh, mm -hmm. They seem to have not only just a, a, a limit horizontally, but also a depth uh, down into the ground. Like you can only go so far before you start to see a bedrock box, like if, yeah. as if you dug a 16 by 16, you know, hole um, yeah. that's got a bedrock sides to it. Um, however, one really cool image that Seth Bling shared in his video was he could not figure out what the build limit was in terms of height. He thinks it's 64, but he can only hold his phone so high when he's building in <laughs> yeah. build plate mode. It's like until, until you get on a ladder or something, you know, yeah. it's like, how high can we and, do this? And then he put it in the real world and it's 64 meters tall. Like I mean, <laughs> yeah. it is, and it's an experience. And I really am getting stoked about what that's going to look like when you walk down the street and somebody has built something as tall as they can, yeah, you know, absolutely. right next to the sidewalk. Like in, in a neighborhood, if you've got, like we mentioned last week, you know, where you've got friends that are all on the same, everybody's uh, uh, linked to one another through their fr the friend's ability so that you can see what other people have done. This, I mean, this is shaping up to be very, very cool uh, yeah. as far as that kind of experience goes. Uh, 
I am a little bit on the fence of two things that I noticed in the videos. Uh, one, Mumbo, Scar, both were very often holding their phone about a foot off the ground. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't seem comfortable. Like, yeah. I mean, Scar was a little bit better because he's already in a chair, but he was still leaning over the arm of the chair. Mumbo is like six foot four or six foot five or something. So to see him kind of like bent over and encroached over this little, like this little area that he's working on seemed a little bit strange. Yeah. Now I know that you can't zoom in, but I would think that maybe the process there is to maybe take care of more of that when you're in build plate mode, like when it's just on your coffee table. Yeah, I, th- I think the idea is that it's meant to be done on tables, but if you're around, like, just walking around the world and you can't find a table to do that on, then the nearest flat surface is going to be the ground. And so the then ground, you, have to, yeah. you have to, like, sit, sit down or squat down and, and, and yeah. play with stuff that way. It might get a little awkward. Yeah, and I don't know because I don't remember. I'd have to watch them again whether they were interacting with mobs or trying to capture something or doing something like that. So I, I don't... That seemed a little bit off for me, and it's not the only time I've seen it. I've seen a number of people where they're in really awkward physical positions when they're playing the game. So there's something about that. I, it could also be the size of the screen. Um, uh, Scar was playing on an iPad. Uh, yep. I think he was out using a big phone to collect things in the world. But when he was p- building in his in his studio at home, uh, he he was using an iPad, which was way easier to see what was going on, which is very cool. Um, I shouldn't say iPad. It was, it was a tablet. I don't know what model it was. Um, the other thing is uh, the tapping, endless tapping, uh, nevermore, uh, to to collect things. Mm-hmm. Seems like it's going to get real old real it, fast. In in a way, it's sort of emulating the player experience in Minecraft in that you're ha- kind of having to like hit a block multiple times in order to get it. So I can see what mm-hmm. they're going for from like an immersion point of view. But yeah, it does it does seem to be something like the repetitive motion of it might get a little bit like straining on some what? people's hands and and like straining just, and just monotonous i mean like monotonous it's, yeah yeah i mean i i get the fact that okay it's a tree and you're going to tap it and the more that you tap it you're going to get blocks and you're going to get like six or eight blocks of tree and 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 potentially you know sticks and and maybe some some um some leaf blocks and stuff like that however anybody that i know think chopping down trees in minecraft is fun not yeah. really yeah. it's a necessity right like it's maybe satisfying at the end but the process of it is not fun mm-hmm. and and i think that while i appreciate the the immersion aspect of it a single tap you know find the tree you have to walk up to the tree it's enough work you know and just mm-hmm. tap on the tree and have it kind of like uh appear in your in your in your inventory same thing like oh you found some cobblestone like click on the cobblestone you get three don't make me click three times yeah. you know like that that kind of stuff um so i feel like the chests look like they're they're doing that in, in in a similar way where you find a chest you tap on it it has a very satisfying animation and then it opens up and the things that were inside of it were maybe like you know three bits of redstone you know some cobblestone and i don't know uh you know a, a cow or you know whatever, whatever happens to be in their glass um, they kind of appear at the top of the screen to show you what was in it and then they go into your inventory that to me seems like the same way that you should collect a tree or you should collect, you know, um, something else. Still have some sort of satisfying animation. Maybe you tap on it and you have to wait a second or two before the tree is completely chopped down and into your inventory, as opposed to just having to be there and just like tap, 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 tap. Uh, it's very apparent in the sped up footage of uh, Scar's video of him walking around this park and collecting stuff. There's an awful lot of tapping. Like it, 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 it even in the video, it seemed like maybe they got kind of tired of that. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm I'm very very curious. Uh, I'm I feel like I'm not going to have quite the same experience because I do have a very small phone, and I don't know that this is going to be the best for that. Um, I know Seth Bling mentioned in his video that he had an older model phone, and he apologized for the shaky footage. I think it's one of those things we're going to have to experience ourselves because I find I don't think anyone yet has found a good way to capture this and communicate this there's no way to keep the handshake out of it right yeah yeah the yeah. handheld version so it feels very shaky and it's very difficult to tell whether it's the shake of the geometry not attaching itself to the real world surface 
or if it's the shake of just the person holding it and it's just their heartbeat. Like you just, you know, it's just them moving in the world, but because they're the ones holding the device, they probably don't notice it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you could do a pretty solid trade in like iPhone gimbals or something like some kind of steady cam rig that you can have yep. just just for anybody who's like playing this and wants to upload footage of it in a kind of professional capacity well what you really need to do is get one of those like iphone things that, or, or, or any kind of like mobile device rig that can adjust the angle and, and give you slightly smoother steadicam-esque footage you'll probably you might even find that an aid to gameplay especially if you're tapping on something and you're not quite sure where you're tapping because the the image is moving around a little bit yeah no out. i agree yeah that could be really cool especially because if you've got like a camera pointed at a phone and the phone is uh, is on like the gimbal part and yeah like that could be really cool the the one thing i'm curious of is uh while there's a lot of tapping obviously uh a lot of um, mobile devices now support uh, controllers. Mm -hmm. So you could potentially do some of these things um, with a controller for movement. Um, I don't think, I think collection is still going to be tied to a tap. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. Yeah. Um, I also don't know how they address anything in the game. I mean, it's still in, in early beta, but I don't know how any kind of accessibility features are, are working because uh, a lot of times mobile devices will have a number of accessibility features for people that have trouble tapping, yeah. you know, that people have trouble with vision and, and sound and stuff like that. So be interesting to see how that um, becomes more inclusive as, as it rolls along. Uh, sure. spe speaking of rolling along, the, the one thing that I, I noted that was very cool, I noticed it in Scar's video, but uh, Seth Blaine gave a really good explanation of um, when you are moving at speed, uh, the game indicates and recognizes that you were in a car and puts your player in a Minecraft cart, <laughs> which yeah, is a, a nice... Mine cart. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, which, it's very yeah. cool. Uh, which is a, a neat touch. Uh, but also seems to be a very fast way to collect things. Yeah, that's something that was missing, I think, from uh, Pokemon Go as an experience was at first they kind of penalized the player for traveling at speed because the idea was that you were supposed to be walking around and like if you were even on a bike moving like relatively slow compared to a car it would still notice that you were traveling a certain speed because you had to move a certain distance in order to hatch eggs for pokemon which i don't think is a mechanic at all in minecraft earth so they don't have that like that desire to penalize players for like for traveling faster and covering more ground and so yeah it did, it did seem like quite a neat way of going around and picking up stuff obviously it lets you know you know you shouldn't be doing this if you're driving uh which is obviously <laughs> probably a an early addition to that as a feature just being like make sure we don't have people crash their cars um what was i going to say about it oh the, the 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 few questions i have left about minecraft earth is mainly about build plates and stuff and it might have been covered in somebody's video that i just haven't seen but i want to know how many build plates there are and what the different sizes are because i feel like this is going to be a really interesting time for tutorial builders uh, folks like me who want to know like who want to provide resources for people who are like I have this Minecraft Earth stuff I have this many blocks I don't really know what to build with it all and providing like Minecraft Earth build plate size builds I think would be a really fun thing to do a bit of a fun tutorial project for oh, me yeah. um, so I want to know what size the build plates are and how many of them there are what the biomes are are there any blocks from Minecraft which aren't in Minecraft Earth because I know in Minecraft Earth we already have like some variants in mobs that aren't in the core game. How does that change the opposite way? Are we going to be able to get hold of like Dark Prismarine and Endstone and some of the more kind of out there blocks? Or is it just going to be restricted to stone types and wood and the kind of the stuff that they use in Minecraft promotional art all the time? Because that's what people think of when they think of Minecraft. Yeah, the, um, the core core early game. Uh, from what I what I can tell, you can get more uh, more rare blocks from chests. Yeah. Uh, and, and the build plates, if you look at some of the videos, you can pause them and you'll, there's enough content on the build plates because they come with some pre-gen things. Yeah. You can count, you can probably count the blocks. I want to say probably like, you know, eight, 12, 16, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty square. sure that the largest one is 16 by 16, but they don't all seem yeah. to be regular shapes either. They seem to be like, some of them might be eight by 10 or something like that. So, oh, oh I didn't uh, notice that. I, yeah. yeah. I, th I think some of them are more rectangular than they are like traditionally kind of square. So that's going to be, that's going to be interesting. And dosage in our discord actually brought up a good point. We don't know for certain what 
inventory management is going to be like if we have like a limited inventory or if there's endless space for these tappable resources if that mm. maxes out at any point and if so it, it does seem like stuff will stack but it won't just stack to 64 like i'm pretty sure seth bling at one point pointed out he said he had like one and a half thousand stone or something like that and it will say it was one, wood it was wood was it yeah wood? yeah it'll say yeah. 1.5k instead of being just like 64 and then replicated endlessly throughout your inventory which is smart yeah well and the yeah it's definitely smart because storage would be crazy imagine having to walk across the neighborhood to get to your chests yeah <laughs> uh no uh the the wood thing and the storage thing i would imagine because collecting items is tied to unlocking xp and upgrading your access to different build plates i i would imagine it's probably limitless or like to the point where like no one can collect this much it might not have it might have a ceiling but the ceiling might be so far away that it's just potentially uh unreachable by the average you know the average person mm-hmm. um i i'm really curious as to how this will hold up in terms of data plans and like what it really means to be out in the world and playing this if it has an offline mode like if you can um if you can play it in the backseat of a car when you're on a family vacation uh and and collect things and that would be using data but then when you're done turn off the data and just maybe build or um you know because if you had a small flat surface in the back of a minivan like you could totally just you know put put it you know put a build down and work on it provided that you don't get car sick when you're you know working yeah. on a tablet yeah. in the back seat of a car but it's the kind of thing though like i mean if you're on a long road trip i mean collecting resources gosh that would be entertaining and probably keep you quiet like parents might be very interested in this game yeah we'll see we'll see uh i'm gonna do a quick editorial thing here and say we should probably not do our discussion topic this week it was kind of hastily thrown together but we are running short on time a little bit here so i want to handle the email because it was a really good email but i think i think we've had enough discussion just on the news and the stuff that we've been doing that we can probably forego our main discussion topic and maybe cover that next week how do you feel about that Oh, that's fine by me. I was going to ask you the same question. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm, I'm seeing the, the recording clock getting past an hour, including the pre-show, and I'm like, yeah, we should probably just read the email and call it a day. So, uh, yeah, let's move on to Chunk Mail. I think it's your turn to read this week. It is indeed. Uh, this email comes from Bob. He is crouching Python in our Discord community. Bob says, hi, guys. Just wanted to drop you a line and thank you for the amazing podcast and share a bit of background so that you can appreciate what I love about the Spawn Chunks. I teach middle school computer science in the States. In my school, that's grades five to eight. I have each student for about 10 weeks and I try to load up the curriculum with cool technology, all of it having a coding emphasis. So game design, robots, physical computing, Raspberry Pi, etc., and of course, Minecraft. I've been a fan of Minecraft for about eight years now and I'm always looking for ways to incorporate it into my curriculum. Uh, I teach coding in Minecraft with Python, hence the name. Uh, I call it Mython, and it's amazing. In the last year, I've introduced Minecraft Education Edition in some classes, uh, which has opened up another great coding platform, MakeCode. Last quarter, I had students build mini games, which uh, had used some redstone and command blocks, and they were all very, very cool. I realized that as much as I love Minecraft, I actually don't play it as much as a result. I don't really know that much outside of the technical aspects I focus on. I found the Spawn Chunks, which has opened up worlds of things for me to explore. It's summer break here in the States, and I am spending as much time as I can going down all of these new rabbit holes. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sorry at the same time. Uh, I would love to hear more technical stuff on the podcast, like the episode with Logical Geek Boy. How about command blocks or something on map making? And while I'm at it, more bedrock content please anyway many thanks for sharing your passions in an entertaining informative and even quote-unquote grown-up way uh i'm gonna say bob or mr irving uh in charleston south carolina thanks so much bob that was a fantastic email and so cool to hear that we've got uh some teachers in in the the listening community and part of our discord community as well uh kind of a, a good resource to have for people that are interested in minecraft education to know that uh that crouching python is is a an educator and uh i thank you very much for the kind words that was super super nice of you um i don't know if grown-up is the right word but hey yes i was uh, gonna say i resent being called a grown-up at this stage in my 
life. Um, Stop it, Bob. Stop it right now. (laughs) I'm a professional Minecraft player. I'm pretty sure most people don't consider me a grown-up, but here we go. Yeah, got to to rethink my approach now. I need to see the time. Yeah, Um, Yeah, branding. So yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I love this email. Thank you so much, Bob. I I think I, I bet Bob had a field day, by the way, with our episode with Adam Clark uh, and and hearing about oh, the stuff yeah. he does with Minecraft and education. And and we've talked about that in in the past about having more educators on. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to get in touch with Stephen Reed pretty soon, who is immersive mind. We've talked about him ad infinitum on the show before. But I yeah I like the fact that Minecraft can be used as a teaching tool for this kind of stuff. And I totally relate to the fact that you don't really play Minecraft much when you're dealing with it from that perspective. One of the questions that we didn't quite get to with Adam Clark when he was on the show was like how much he actually sits down and plays the survival game, or if that really doesn't register with him. I feel like right. he probably playtests some of his maps in survival because that's how people are going to be experiencing them. But I have a feeling that like as far as the survival game that Joel and I play, like the kind of stuff where we're just going through the game, doing the progression, getting resources, building cool stuff, I feel like a lot of that is peripheral to his experience, if not what he has in mind when he's making all of these maps and stuff. So, yeah, it would be it would be very cool to talk to more technical people as far as command blocks and map making goes. Uh, I'm not sure I can promise more Bedrock content, although um, I did play a Bedrock Marketplace map kind of recently, uh, and I'm going to start doing more Bedrock map reviews on my channel rather than doing a Bedrock Let's Play. Uh, so so stick around for that if you if you follow me on YouTube because there might be uh, some interesting stuff that comes up through that and there are some very different experiences when it comes to what map makers are able to do uh, that are mm. available through the Bedrock Marketplace. So a fascinating place to at least get a surface level look at that stuff if not actually discuss how it's done. And I think um, as far as the podcast goes with Bedrock content, it's more likely that we would invite a Bedrock guest yes, on to the show sure. to talk about it because I don't really have access to it and, and I, I don't see myself necessarily going that route in the, in, in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think that it's, I mean, I, I understand that a lot of our a lot of our listeners probably are, are on Bedrock as, as most of the Minecraft community is on, yes. is on Bedrock. Um, I, I, one of the uh, interesting notes from Seth Bling's video is that, um, if you're not a bedrock user and you have not purchased a skin on bedrock, then you're going to show up as the default Steve, mm-hmm. uh, avatar in Minecraft earth. So there's definitely some, some strong, uh, bedrock ties to, to Minecraft earth, yeah, which of course I would imagine has to do with the marketplace and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and that's the code base that they'll be using to put it on mobile devices in the first place. Cause they can't exactly mm-hmm. put the Java edition on there. Otherwise they'd have no. done that when they developed Minecraft pocket edition in the first place yeah. um speaking of seth bling by the way can we get seth bling on to talk about all of the stuff he's already done in minecraft Earth? <laughs> I, I kind of feel like he's he's one of those like bucket list guests that it would be fascinating to yeah. talk to so i i'd like to have some people on the show that have had an opportunity to actually play minecraft earth before it comes out like to try to get some beta experiences and stuff like that because unless well i mean you're i've heard it it's live in london in some places for some people and you're the closest that i, that yeah, I know yeah no i I've, uh, I've not had i've not had had any kind of email um thing saying how i can access the beta so i'm pretty sure they are just rolling that out to you know that they're, they're sort of cherry picking content creators first of all and then rolling it out to people who have just shown an interest a little bit later so mm-hmm. yeah all of the people i've seen playing online have either been like you know what you'd call influencers people with like a large follower base online or they have been people who are affiliated with mojang or microsoft in some way yeah anyway. Um, yeah, if only so. we knew a couple of guys that had a podcast about Minecraft, because that would be an <laughs> ideal platform to talk about the Minecraft Earth beta, don't if, you think? If only, if only. Yes. Uh, we, we can dream. Um, I, I also find it, going back to um, to, to the email, to Bob's email, I, was, um, I found it kind of interesting how Minecraft can become an obsession, even for people who don't really play it that much. I hear a lot of people online, I, I read the Minecraft Reddit, and people are saying, like, how do I get back into this game after I've played it years and years ago? Um, and it's it's really funny how people can get really theoretical about Minecraft or, you know, load it up with mods and external tools like Adam Clark does without actually playing the game as we know it. And that that's that's kind of fascinating to me that people like can can develop a love of this game without really playing what most would consider the core game it's like going into say i don't know tomb raider to pluck a game out of the air and really loving all of the lore and all of the kind of the stuff about tomb raider but never having actually touched tomb raider and never like picked up the the guns of lara croft to begin with you know i i find Mm. that's i find that stuff interesting and it, it speaks to me about how 
universal Minecraft is, and we say stuff like this all the time, but it has such a broad appeal, even to people who aren't, you know, going to be able to commit an hour or two every night to sit down and build something. There are aspects of the game that they can still access, whether that's as a teaching tool or, or something completely different. Yeah, when I mentioned, um, or when we mentioned uh, Nembon earlier in, in the episode, <clears throat> I've watched his Iron Farm video and some of the stuff that he does with command blocks and stuff like that for illustrating, you know, borders and boundaries and limits and, and spawning areas and stuff like that. Like, I'm sure it's not overly complicated, but it's the kind of thing that I just don't have time to explore or have not had the... Um, uh, the inclination to explore in the game, but it's the kind of thing from an education perspective that I think would be really, really interesting and could be very, very useful. Uh, I mean, just think about all those math problems that we had as as kids. You know, train A leaves station B at six o'clock, traveling so many miles an hour, etc. Um, to be able to illustrate that visually in Minecraft and have like you know measurements and blocks and you know areas and all that kind of stuff. It could be it could be such a, an interesting thing to explore, but I'm always kind of like, not, I want to say hamstrung, but I'm, I'm kind of held back by, it's like, I don't have the resources to to figure it out. Or when I go to look for the resources, it's, it's overwhelming. Like the amount of information that you find, it's almost too much. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, it's the same. It's, it, I, I would, uh, I like your analogy with Tomb Raider. I would also um, uh, draw a line to like, say a very popular MMO that's been around for a long time. Because mm -hmm. the, the, like the depth of the game is just, it's, it's second nature for people that have been playing an MMO for 10 years. But for someone that's coming in day one after the game has been around for 10 years, it's just, just so much yeah. uh, to, to consider and to, and to, um, to parse. And I can, I can understand how, some people get in, they place a few blocks and then just go like, I just, I don't know what to do. Like, just, just so, like, which direction do I go? Like, it's just, it's, it's different. And I'm, I'm wondering, um, and maybe Bob, you can help us out with this, uh, either uh, write in again or, or leave a note in the discord, um, in terms of introductory resources for, you know, people that want to get into coding command blocks or want to learn more about how to, uh, make mini games. Is there, a go-to source that you recommend and i'm okay if it's recommended for you know kids that are in grades five to eight because that's about the you know coding level that i would be at mm -hmm. um if there's a place to start that's narrow like that has a narrow field you know like i remember um i've mentioned uncle jam on the show before when i was learning how to do some resource pack stuff a lot of that stuff is unfortunately out of date now because of the changes that they made in 113 but the core concept was very very straightforward and and it was it was something that i was able to then grasp and apply to my own texture changes later on yeah uh, and i'm i'd love to learn more about that because i mean as a server you know admin on the citadel uh there's some stuff with command blocks that i would like to do in the future that could be very cool and, and add to a really fun experience and i'm gonna i i i'm learning a little bit and i think i know it's, is it java that i learned i'm not sure if it's java that i learned uh json script maybe um for the for the resource packs and the models and stuff but the the in-game minecraft script i don't get i don't yeah. like I, I really have a hard time remembering like slash trigger something like it doesn't make sense to me and i'm wondering if there's any resources out there that help kind of define and um what's the word i'm looking for sift through that stuff yeah, other other than just the Minecraft wiki, which typically has the most bare bones information, or if if it, even if it's in depth, it's not in depth in a very kind of teaching friendly sort of way. Yeah, it's uh, like here's the line of code that does what you want. Well, thanks, but like that doesn't explain. Yeah, it doesn't give you, you much know, in the way of context, which is yeah, kind of, like when you when you learn a language, you learn you know vowels and consonants, and and you learn and you learn verbs and nouns, and you learn like adjectives and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I need that context in coding like i need to know what you know a string and like i need to know what what these things are for and and i, I i'm variables i'm trying to remember some of the, the language that's used in json script it, it's mm -hmm. similar sort of things like you know um ranges and and different stuff like that and once you know how to open and close and and control that kind of stuff then you can start to write your own but you need to know what that structure is right yeah and I'd like to uh, close this out by opening up the discussion to our audience as well, to our listeners. If anybody out there has 
either like if you're younger if you've actually had minecraft be part of your like curriculum at any point if you've had like an it class where you have built stuff in minecraft or or any other kind of like lesson scenario where you've you've had minecraft included in that or maybe if you're a parent who has a kid who has come home from school and said today we did some stuff but we did it in minecraft and it's given them a different approach i would i would like to hear about that because it's really interesting hearing more about the way minecraft is used in education and and we'd love to get more guests on the show about that but also some some listener emails along those lines would be would be really cool too so write to us at the email that joel will uh, give you in a moment but for now i'm going to close out the show and say that's going to be it for this episode of the spawn chunks you can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com the music for the show is composed by me and the spawn chunks is as always proud to be a listener supported podcast if you're getting some value out of the show if you enjoy listening to us every week why not consider putting some value back in you can visit patreon.com slash the spawn chunks to join our community pledging at any level Level gets you an invite to our patrons only discord chat and gets us closer to our next goals we can have a chunk mail dispenser segment in the post show where we discuss emails that we've received specifically from patrons but also from anybody else who happens to listen in right now we've got 110 patrons so we're breaking even from last week and there is plenty of room for you in the discord i want to give a special thanks to our content engineers jd williamson llama and yitz for supporting this episode Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. It's free. Just tell folks about it. You can find us at The Spun Chunks on Twitter and Instagram, but a personal recommendation is by far the best way to share the podcast with your friends, server mates, and other places that you talk about Minecraft. Just poke a friend in the arm and say, hey, this is a very cool podcast. You should listen. And it has an amazing community around it. Uh, check it out and point them in the direction of the podcast. They can listen on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and Spotify. They can find everything at The Spun chunks.com they can email us at the spawnchunks at gmail.com i'm sure you're detecting a theme here we're pretty easy to find online uh, the rss feed is linked on the spawn chunks website and the patron only rss feed is on the patreon page and that's the only place where you can listen to the render distance the extended version of the podcast my name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixelriffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixelriffs, where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called The Minecraft Survival Guide. I stream three days a week on Twitch, doing behind-the-scenes work for The Survival Guide, and I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. Aside from that, I'm at Pixelriffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything that I am doing online is on joelduggan.com that includes my illustration and design portfolio if you'd like to hire me then just drop me a line there you can find my other podcast the citadel cafe at the citadelcafe.com and you can follow me on youtube twitch twitter and instagram with just my name joel duggan i am very easy to find i'm going to direct you towards twitch as usual uh just my name i'm going to be back streaming minecraft uh, I might have to do some non-video recording streams with uh, a loud air conditioner in the background just to kind of get back on there. <laughs> but uh, but we will be returning in the next week or so on Twitch with extra videos. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, so go out and tap on all the things. <laughs>